Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. And welcome back to Whining. Uh, hey, Sean. Hi, Josh. Hey, how you doing? Yeah, pretty well. Great. Uh, so this is the Wine and Beer podcast uh, where I champion a beer. Sean champions a wine. We fight for their right to impress the other. <laughs> and if they impress the other more than their own drink, we win. It's as simple as that. Yeah, it's much like the Beastie Boys song. But instead of fighting for our right to party, we're fighting for our right to win the podcast it really is that dynamic and uh <laughs> lovely so let's get going I know you are, and it's winter, and it, I, I don't know, why, why, people like to drink red wine more in winter. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, so what is it? Um, so it is a, um, it's a Nebbiolo, but um, not from where you might expect to find a Nebbiolo from, as in you know, northwest of Italy, this is from uh, Lombardy, so it's by a producer called Sandro Fay, this is uh, a Costa Bassa 2013, um, Val- Valtellina Superiore. Sounds good. Don't know what it means. Yeah, um, it's words means it's a red wine. Sean is the wine guy. I am not. Um, so I have got something a little bit different. We've got um, an Anspach and Hop Day, which is a London uh, brewery, and it's the Sour Dry Hop. Yeah, sour. Yeah, it's, it's sour. a very sour to start with. Um, so yeah, it seems to be sort of a, an, an old beer that they've um, sort of renovated. And so sort you of f- brought familiar with sour ale? How it works? No. It's a, it's a lambic, so it's to do with the um, um, strains of bacteria um, in the beer, in the fermentation process, and different strains of yeast and things like this. Yeah, good, yeah. Good, good stuff. Um, so those are just little introductions to what we're drinking today. Uh, drink along if you happen to have these two exact <laughs> drinks in your cup. Please do drink along. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? A drink got, along. A drink with along. Sean and Josh. Yeah, that's a great idea. Um, so yeah, we will be um, uh, sort of. Pitching the uh, drinks in further detail later on through the show, but uh, yeah, not right now. That comes later. Hey, Sean, how are you doing, mate? Um, You're right. Yeah, I'm pretty well. How are you? Yeah, very good, thank you. Very good. Uh, have you got a? Um, we're podcasting. 
What do you do? Do you cast? Have, have you got a, a, a rod to cast your pod? No, but I've um, cast my pod out of uh, wrought iron. Oh yeah, that would work as well. Yeah, work. Lovely. Lovely. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, what have you been up to this week, Josh? Uh, so it's been a largely uh, Joshy week in that I'm, I'm unemployed at the moment. Okay, can we not use Joshy or Josh as an adjective? Can do. <laughs> Up to you. Right. Well, that's one of your... We're, we're allowed a few things to, you know, creatively direct the podcast, and, I, and you've got your director's hat on at the moment. Okay, fine. That's it's also uh, next to your snide hat and your about-to-be-fired hat. <laughs> They're very, very similar hats. They're all very similar, aren't they? I wonder what one I'll think it is. Um, not that I have the power to fire you, anyway. Uh, anyway, uh, right, this week... Alan Sugar. Yeah, exactly. Oh, um, oh. Yeah, good reference, mate. Oh. Uh, I've been um, unemployed. Yes, you, as you, you know. have been unemployed, hence why we do this podcast. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> I mean, we've never talked about the backstory to this podcast before, but yeah, uh, I, I lost my job. Um... Some Do you want to tell willingly. ladies and gents why? No, 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 that's not important. Um, they'll, they'll read it in the news. Yeah, well, maybe they will, maybe they won't. Depends how well I cover it up. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I lost my job and I just thought, let's do this. What's the best way to waste time and not make money? Do a podcast with Sean. <laughs> <laughs> just talk with Sean. Yeah, let's just, Spend time with Sean. Let's just make some around Sean a lot because then <laughs> Lady Luck will not find me. Uh, anyway, so yeah, I've just been Ooh. thinking about new ways to make money. And I want to pitch you something. You're in the restaurant business. Yeah. People may be, people may just be coming into this podcast now. Um, Sean uh, has worked in a number of Michelin star restaurants before. Three. Three. Yeah. And one of them was a two Michelin star. So yeah, four. Yeah. Kind of. Four stars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, works, right. But yeah. Here's my pitch. I, I'm happy to run this uh, restaurant with you. Okay. What is I'm... the number one problem with restaurants? Oh, don't get me started. Just uh, what is the main barrier to making money with a restaurant? Um, staffing. Exactly. I called you Josh. <laughs> it's because I, when I've been doing this talk before, it has largely been to myself in my house. Right, okay. I don't imagine you speak to a lot of other people apart from yourself. It's largely me. I, I imagine you spend a lot of time by yourself. Sure it moment. is. I've done this monologue about six times to myself, <laughs> just, around the, just around the house. Uh, right, in, yeah. Into the mirror, just kind of pitching it to yourself, kind of... Joshing yourself up a bit. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, the main problem is that, um, you know, people want cheap food. That's obviously understandable. And yeah. the problem with making a profit then is that things cost money. So here's where this restaurant comes in. It's a pasta place to start off with. Um, so lots of carby stuff, cheap to make, high uh, margins. Yeah. Yeah. So we're going to do like Italian pasta. So that's one way we're making money. Um, number two, we don't have waiters. Okay. So it's like self, self-service, I'm assuming. Not self-service because I the way the place I want this to be is in like a tight little cool long restaurant. So I have thought of an ingenious way to get the food from pass to customer. Wow, is it like ropes and pulleys? I thought about a rope and pulley thing, but then you've got to pay someone to uh, do the, the, the rope and pulley thing. Right. Maybe like on a cycle or something. Drones, Sean! Drones! The flying beasts, the eye in the sky, delivering food to the table. Okay. What do you think about it? Because I... we're saving money. We are saving money on wait staff. And that's it at the moment. But I think there's more corners to be cut. Right. Okay. Who's controlling the drones? Who's controlling the drones? Yeah. Well, we'd have to get some drone operators in. Um, where would you find these drone operators? What would their previous experience be? It's... 
quite hard to find drone operators that are always available because they're often on film shoots. So maybe we could retrain some. I suppose it does. <laughs> retrain some weight staff, maybe. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. We have to pay them a little bit more. I'll, I'll get back to you on this. Yeah. Do you like me to poke holes in more, any more of your ideas? No, no. Okay. Let, let, me, <laughs> let me have some more time. <laughs> what have you been up to, Shawnee? Um, not that much. Busy weekend at the restaurant. Went to a little um, Christmas market on Sunday, which was nice. Mm, nice. And then just had a horrendous journey into here, really. What was wrong with your journey? Oh, oh that bloody Jubilee line. It's a lovely line, the Jubes. Oh, it, it, it was to start off with. I went to go get on the Tube, and there was this... Uh, well, I don't know whether she was lovely or rather, or rather condescending tube operator, tube announcer. So you know when they're like, kind of saying, right, doors are about to close, trains are about to depart, stay on a clear of the platform, all that jazz. Th- their job. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I've yeah when they're do doing that, that bit. Um, she followed, once the, once the doors are closed and the train had departed, she went, oh, didn't you all do a good job? Everyone gets a gold star. Okay, and that, that ground your gears, did it? No, no, not necessarily. No, I just thought it was just a little bit condescending. Yeah, yeah, it got it got your goat. It did a little bit. Okay, yeah. well that's fine. I'm an adult. I don't need to be told how to stay away from the edge. If I, I don't want to st- if 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 I want to be reckless and put the lives of myself and other people in danger, I'll do it because I'm an adult. Well, that's not how the world works. You completely misunderstood the world, and that doesn't bother me as much. The main thing I've got an issue with is it's when they're funny when they crack a joke like a tube driver or a train driver and it's that awkward wry smile that everyone sort of has and looks at each other because it, it breaks the facade of uh you know um like sort of no one's human on a coach they're all in their own bubble yeah. and then that joke comes through and it breaks it and some people might think that's a beautiful thing it just makes me feel a bit sick <laughs> like we had one we're coming up to um uh, we're on the overground coming up to a place called Wapping. And as we roll in, the uh, driver goes, ladies and gentlemen, we are just approaching whopping. The uh, funny thing about whopping is that it isn't actually whopping. <laughs> it is, in fact, quite, quite small. small. <laughs> Which is like, kind of funny, yeah. It's all right, mate. But, you know, it's that He little... probably set t- says that joke about eight times a day. Yeah, I don't care about that. Stand-up comics go around and tell their same jokes all the time anyway. But it's the fact that it's uh, it was that little wry moment of... Um, like people smiling at each other, like, oh, isn't he funny? Aren't we all okay? No, we're all horrible. Now get back to work. <laughs> That's my idea. We're not supposed to talk to one another. This is England. Ideally not. Yeah, yeah. ideally not. Uh, you know, condescension, like, I guess it's um, maybe sort of a PA system. Like, if you have a PA system, maybe you will be condescending to people. Yeah, it's very much like I feel we're just in front of this microphone. It was an yeah, overwhelming you, you got... urge to be condescending. But the, 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 it's different from a PA system, though, because you can turn that, uh, you can. Uh, you at home listening to this can turn the P, uh, the podcast off whenever you like. And if you don't know how, we're more than willing to walk you through the steps process of how to do that. If you just yank your headphone jacks out, that'll yeah. uh, be the best way. Um, but yeah, so you can do that. Whereas with the PA system, you're broadcasting. Yeah. Like imagine this. What imagine this? But we're uh, we've got a megaphone that goes across the country, and everyone must listen. Sounds amazing. I'd like to have some steer on how the world goes. Yeah, I'm sure you would. I'm sure you've got some ideas of how a bloody country we turn around. Bloody <laughs> yeah, but in nice liberal <laughs> Halcyon way. It's not, not not like you're saying with your voice. Uh, but yeah, I think it's probably just a PA system thing. Like I've never heard it on other PA systems. Like at um, supermarkets, you don't hear 
Well done on picking up your broccoli, sir. <sighs> nice, nice work on the carrot measuring. <laughs> Gone straight for the finest. Had a pay rise, have we? Yeah. Although you know, probably, yes. probably the, probably the world we're heading to. Yeah. yeah. Unless I get in charge and run Joshland. Right, everyone just eats Tesco value. No, it wouldn't be Tesco value. It'd be a, a mixture of good quality produce. Um, the main thing I'd stop is just nightclubs. Have I told you about my plan um, as Knights Czar of Mayor of London? Uh, not, no, not but Knights I'm... Knights Czar of Mayor of London, but uh, the Knights Czar for London. Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of on, bo- I'm, I'm on board already from your stopping nightclubs, so please continue. We, if you want to go night... So the Knights Czar... <laughs> there was a big thing in London. We should probably explain for international listeners. Yeah, assuming we've got listeners at all. Yeah, well, we have to assume that, otherwise this has all been a fast. <laughs> yeah, we're just t- chatting to each other through a microphone. Yeah, so something happened in London. It was um, the, the probably the biggest sort of nightclub that was remotely credible, I suppose. Fabric, it's called. Yeah. That closed down because some people died from taking, uh, I think it was ecstasy, they took too much and they died. Yeah. Um, some young kids. So it got closed down. And then London, uh, the London mayor, Sadiq Khan, wanted to appoint a night star to make sure that like, nightclubs were represented and looked after and protected. Um, and I, I applied. Of course I did. Did you actually apply? No, of course I didn't, Sean. But if I had, the world would be a different place. Nightclubs, bands, put out to... Well, actually, no, you've got to have some nightclubs to the people who want to go to nightclubs. I don't want them illegally raving around my areas. Um, oh gosh, that was a horrendous yeah, exactly. sentence. Exactly. So let's get them away. So believe me, believe me, Josh. Nobody is raving around your areas. Some people are, and well, they would be if I closed down all nightclubs without thinking about it. But I'm not. I'm th- going into it. So here we are. Nightclubs do exist. They are located on uh, the M25. Like probably every ten miles around the M25, there's just a big zone where they play music, and you can do like what you want to do. You go out there. What, as in actually on the M25 or just like off the M25? <laughs> yeah, just on the M25. <laughs> <laughs> just a load of lights. Speak. So, sorry, guys. People stop their cars, get out, have a little rave and then drive off again. <laughs> I don't think, no, you're not allowed to stop. Otherwise, it'll become, you'll get congestion. You just have to weave. So it'll essentially look like you have to line up on the lines of the M25 so as not to get run over. Mm. Um, and it might look like a rally <laughs> because if there's that many people standing in lines, it's probably something going on. But yeah, so all clubs out there. Um, You're just talking about in in that like in Greater London rather yeah, than just in get, Central London. Yeah, just get them out of the way. Yeah, you can go there and have your fun in quotation marks. Whilst um, pubs, I uh, pubs are subsidised, so pubs don't have to pay rent. Um, I don't really? know. I don't know if the night star has this power. Who cares? Pubs are subsidised in London, and they all have to have wooden beams in, uh, and at least six ales okay. of some description. Yep. Liking it already. Yeah. So pubs boom because there's no rent to be paid on them. Yeah. Um, and then the old clubs get turned into something called dog houses. I don't know what they are yet, but something to do with dogs. I like dogs. Putting a dog, like stray dogs, giving them a home. No, not not nothing that sad. Something cute. Like you get you get to go in and see a dog. I don't know. I haven't, I haven't worked that out yet. <laughs> okay, you just got the name dog yeah. houses. Josh for nights are. Alright. I really, really want you in my mouth. From then on there roll we'll head on further south. Am I talking about the blood of a love rival? Oh no, oh it's wine. Drinking it's fine.
Wine. Should we talk about wine? It's wine time. Yeah, right. So um, this week we are drinking um, Costa Bassa 2013 um, Vatalina Superiore um, by Sandro Fay. That was um, well done. Yeah, thank you. It was... Uh, it slipped off the tongue a little bit there, didn't it? It was nice. Yeah. Um, if, if you're a wine fan listening at home, I should explain. I don't know much about wine. So this is a learning journey for me. This is part of the, it's part of the yeah. show where I learn. Yeah, brilliant. So The um, rest of it's when Sean learns. Yeah, about life, about, about life. ideas, about humour. Just about how to put up with Josh. Well, <laughs> That's what I'm learning. Um, anyway, so the wine is um, it's from um, Lombardy. So in the north of Italy, not too far from Lake Como. Um and we're using a great variety called um, Barbaresco, um, which is called, in this region, Cevescana, um, which I'm probably not saying correctly at all. So um, by a little producer called um, Sandro Frey, which was um, founded in 1973. It's a small family-run estate, um, and they focus on making kind of individual crews. Um, so we are on a, kind of like a, a valley here, and essentially the... You know, a number of different crews, um, depending on how high um, the altitude of the vineyard is. This is the lowest crew, so um, lowest to the valley floor, um, which means it's fairly kind of um, cool and kind of only a nice kind of light, fragrant style of Nebbiolo. So Nebbiolo is a great variety. You'd normally find it in Barbaresco, um, Borolo, Piedmont um, in the northwest of Italy. So this is a little bit further east and because it's a slightly kind of cooler climate it's a much kind of lighter more delicate quite pretty floral style so uh, immediately you can see just by picking it up in the glass it's quite kind of light i can Um, confirm it is kind of like rose tinted Um, but if you give it a nose you get a nice kind of soft pretty cherry fruit a little bit strawberry raspberry it's all very delicate very feminine fruits yeah so like i say just quite a nice a light delicate style of nebbiolo normally nebbiolo from piedmont would be a little bit more kind of structured a little bit richer in terms of tannin but this is quite nice kind of light easy to drink um i think it's a pretty pretty decent wine what do you think yes tasty i'm on board um what's a feminine fruit um well we describe wines as being either masculine or feminine um masculine is something that's quite kind of structured um, quite rich in terms of tannin, whereas something that is a little bit lighter, more floral, is considered more feminine. Well, I think feminine fruits can have tannins in as well, probably. I mean, I know nothing about flavour or wine, but I'm just trying to break down roles here, Sean. Okay, it's a gender-neutral wine. Thank you very much. Tired of ads barging into your favourite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. As a person with a very deep voice, I'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns. But a deep voice doesn't sell B2B. And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. 
So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. So here's one for you. Uh-huh. Um, some, some recent news of current events. Yeah, because you're exactly who I come to for recent news. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Josh, where'd you get your news? BBC, Guardian, Huffington Post? No, Sean. Sean texts me everything I need to know. <laughs> it's, it's true. I text you a lot of, of news stories. If it weren't for me, you wouldn't know what's going on in the world, mate. Okay, well, what you got to hear, Mr. Scoop? Got my finger on the pulse. That's where I keep it constantly. Come on then, Scooby. Um, yeah, so a campaign against sex robots has warned of danger to um, women and children. Se- okay. Are these sex robots programmed in AI-type ways to weaponize and rid the world of women and children what like the robots in austin powers where they have guns in their in their breasts with the fembots but yeah but they they were after austin powers these would be after women and children wouldn't they (laughs) yes they would be so um it's not that is it no it's not a uh a uk academic is campaigning against sex robots arguing they are dehumanizing isolating and will encourage people to consider women as property okay i mean I mean, it's a touchy subject, that isn't it? I wouldn't have thought so. That's my input to it. I know it's academic, <laughs> done some research, but fresh from Josh here, I wouldn't have thought so. You can quote me on that. Um, I suppose like guys have been uh, putting their uh, penises into things for quite a long time. That uh, yeah, and women. vice versa as well. Yeah, and vice versa. Uh, I I wouldn't have thought this is. Um, Anything to be worried about? I wouldn't have thought so. I wouldn't. I wouldn't see sex dolls replacing girlfriends. Humans. I mean, once you've uh, looked into the cold, dead eyes of a sex bot, I don't think you're probably thinking, "Oh, definitely don't need a don't need a, a girl right now." I'm looking into his eyes, ladies and gents, and he's telling the truth. Yeah, yeah, that's him. Uh, yeah. But um, this kind of, uh, I suppose the the angle on this is like, you won't need to have sex anymore. Well, you still need to have sex, just with a sex just robot. Just with a sex robot. Um, and uh, it's kind of in, on the topic of not having sex anymore. Have you heard about the Japanese like sort of sex crisis? I've heard bits and pieces, yeah. So this is, um, this is quite a big deal. So uh, there was a, a big survey in Japan, and like loads of numbers have come out about this, um, where sort of sex and relationships is basically going out of vogue, seemingly. Yeah, isn't it? It's kind of... Like cyber relationships become becoming the norm. Um, teenage boys are having relationships with essentially AI programs on their computer and just you know, locking themselves into their rooms and not really having much contact with the outside world. Is that kind there's of... a, there's an element of that, but it's it's uh, not. Um, that's probably a part of it, but large. That's not the cause or the reason at all. Uh, like, uh, Forty nine point three. So 
50-ish percent of respondents between uh, 16 and 49 yeah. said they hadn't had sex in the past month. So that's half of people not having sex in the past month, which is a, a huge thing because it's quite a young demographic. It, it, it depends, doesn't it? If, if, you asked, um, if you asked you and I when we were... 16 if we'd have sex in the past month we'd have both said no no but it's between 16 be, and 49 100% of, us, of the yeah but it's between 16 and 49 so okay, it's uh, wow. quite yeah. a large thing um, uh, 27 uh, 27% of men and 23% of women aren't interested in a romantic relationship not which is interested not interested in a romantic relationship not even just aren't in one currently no they, they literally don't want one that's all wow. that, that's a, a quarter to a third uh, of people just don't want a relationship um 18 to 34, 61% of men and 49% of women aren't involved in a relationship. 61% of men and uh, 50% of women, basically. Those figures don't add up. Uh, well, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll look into that. <laughs> uh, and from the ages of 18 to 34, 36% of men and 39% of women have never had sex. Never. How much, sorry? 36% of men and 39% Between the ages of, women, of what, again? 18 to 34. Wow. Have never had sex. A strong third. A strong third, either way. Almost 40% for women have never had sex. And it's such a problem that uh, the population of Japan is shrinking and the government is like, ah, this is a problem because we need to make more cool Japanese things. Like, I'm not going to stereotype here, but <laughs> I want you to know my brain was going there and I, I censor myself, which makes me a better person. Um, you still had the thoughts. Yeah, well, I mean, so they're they're subsidising sort of dating events and stuff to get things going. Wow. Um, yeah, and a lot of it's been put down to sort of a... Uh, men feeling uh, there was a boom in sort of the 80s and the 90s of like jobs and work um, especially sort of uh, city and financial jobs okay where the man could bring home sort of um, wealth and money and get a promotion and do better yeah. and better and that would make it feel masculine and that's quite a big thing in Japanese culture seemingly according to a lot of research um, and recently that sort of petered off so the promotions aren't there the economy is not doing great so uh, they're not getting jobs and that's kind of put men in the sort of mindset that they can't go out and um, be in relationships. That's one of the reasonings behind it. They're not, they're not it. good enough for a relationship. Yeah, so that's kind of one they of the concerns. see themselves with enough value. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it's it's uh, a weird... It's really well worth checking up it's on, like, very... the stats. It's quite. It's such a bigger thing than uh, I first thought. Wow. Beers in heaven It's time for me to impress Sean with my beer. It's time to show off this uh, this thing I have in my hand. It's called the Anspach and Hob Day. Um, it's from a London... Funny, funny, funny name for your penis. <laughs> it really is. <laughs> uh, it's London uh, is where it's located. It's a sour dry hop. Um, and it's actually going down lovely, isn't it? We're... It's, it's delicious. Yeah, yeah really we're enjoying it. Really big fan of this. Um, yeah. So a uh, brewed in Southwark in London. Um, and uh, the whole sort of uh, angle on it is it's uh, an old 19th century beer, uh, sort of, um, you know, polished up for the 21st century. That's their angle. 4.9%, not session, 330 mil. stronger than you'd normally drink, isn't it? It's while well, I'll drink this, especially for the podcast. Would I want to be with it in a pub alone all night? No, absolutely no, not. No, it's, um, it's a food beer, I would say, probably. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. This with cheese would be mega. Oh, lovely! But oh. Um, I don't know enough about the sort of I don't know about enough about the history, the flavors to impress Sean. So as usual, 
I'm going to be reading out a story that gets you in the mood, Sean, for this beer. So much so that you it's become think... become a highlight of my week. <laughs> it really has. <laughs> uh, so much so that you think, I just have to have that beer. That's what I'm doing. <laughs> All right. So far, it's been kind of shaky on the success. I think that's fair to say, these stories. Yeah, they've been up and down. And I think that's because I'm not doing a very good job of putting you... In the story, I don't. I think you're just listening to a you're story. You're not being really told. doing a very good job of suspending my disbelief. Yeah, I think I need not to, really drawing me in with the narrative. I think I need to find a way to draw you into the narrative, and the way I'm going to do that this week, and I think probably going forward, like fixing all your grammatical errors. No, that's going to stay. Cause I, I write these in about five. <laughs> I write these in as long as it takes to read out. So, right. um, you're going to read your own lines. Makes okay, sense, doesn't right. it? Yeah, because then you're going to be living it. So I'm going to do narration uh, and story. Um, you, my friend, read out your own lines. So whenever I point at you, read one of your lines. Okay. That makes sense? Yes. Let's get going. <clears throat> Here we go. Bing bong, bing bong. Bing bong, bing bong. 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 <laughs> bong. <laughs> 3am in Victorian London, and Sean's awake. Of course he is. The air is but ice in this wretched Victorian attic, and it allows no solid sleep. Three years without proper rest. Feels like longer. He gets up for work. God, that's disgusting. He mutters after seeing himself in the mirror. (laughs) (laughs) He stares back over to the bed. At least I've got a loving girlfriend. He mutters sarcastically and pathetically at the same time. (laughs) Uh, Time to start the day. Oh, no. Time to start the day's work then. The rat catching business. He exclaims with fervent joy. (laughs) And what a business it is. It was awful nice of Noble Num Josh to set up this job for me. Especially considering my RQ. I've gone for an accent now. I think it's going to further suit the role. Well, that was in the writing. I think you picked up on that. (laughs) It would have been nice to reference Sean's IQ here. But the decimal was awfully long, and rounding up to one seems rather generous. Yeah, sure was nice. Even if he did put me in this situation, what with him sneaking into my family home, impersonating me, convincing my parents that I was a common peasant that needed to be banished, and taking my place. (laughs) As the Duchy of Menesbury. <laughs> the day's rat catching starts. Laceration after laceration begins. Pain, agony, fear. Your hand goes in the rat hole and comes out looking like a pack of crimson sausages. Mmm, sausages. <laughs> I had completely different hopes for this story when I read it. <laughs> agony as the next rat fights back. Your hand is quaking with pain. Rat after rat, their teeth sink into the previous cuts and you can feel an infection consume you. By the end, your arms are aching with a lack of blood and you pass out on top of the dead rats you've caught. When you regain consciousness, there's a beer next to you that Josh has laid out. Don't forget to pay for it at the bar after. (laughs) But you take a sip. What do you think? Um, I think I'd want something stronger after a day like that, but it is delicious. Sure is. Yeah. So we've got a return of a game, is that correct? Yes, this is uh, 
my game that um, I've come up with a fantastic name for. Mm-hmm. It's the wine name game. Yeah. Wine name game. You can't rip off a countdown theme tune and then put the wine name. They're not even related. They're nothing like each other. I'm going to give you 30 seconds. How about that? There you go. It's a countdown. Boom. Done. Wine name game. Yeah, still in breach of copyright, mate. Probably worse now. Ah, fine. Let's play this game. Right, okay. So we have three pairs... You have to tell me out of the pair which is the uh, great variety and which is the not variety. It sounds easy enough. I reckon I can do it. Yeah. Okay, right. So, first up. Allegro. Yeah. Or piano. Ooh. Both musical terms. Yeah, they are. And they're grape varieties or types of wine. Um, these are all um, grape varietals. Um, I, I, I don't know. I think maybe I've seen piano on a bottle once. I'm going to say piano is the grape. Allegro uh, oh, is the grape variety. Oh, I got it wrong. Well, I yeah. hate that, but uh, fine. Uh, number two, please. Right. Pair number two. Blaubergunder or Fraubergunder. They're harder this week. They are. Yes. What was it? What was the first one again? Blaubergunder. And what was the second? Fraubergunder. I think you had to remember the second one. I'm going to go with the first one. It's the grape. Yes. 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 Lovely stuff. Um, and number three, please. This is a decider. Raisin Blanc or Sultana Gris. I know Raisin Blanc's the thing. Okay, I yeah. know it is. I know it is. Yes. Where have you seen Raisin Blanc before? Oh, I've heard you natter about it with all your mates. Oh, yes, please. Josh is the winner. Hit the music. One in game. I'm glad you did that because uh, <laughs> otherwise I'd have to put some music in later in the mix. And editing is uh, something I don't have much time for. So thank you for that. Well, you help me out massively. What do you have time for then? Well, TV box sets on Netflix. Uh, okay. So we reach the end, as always. Uh, final curtain. Well, not the final curtain. That makes it sound like we're ending the podcast. <laughs> Back again next week. Please, please do subscribe. It means a lot to us. Yeah. Um, so, Sean, what did you think of the beer today? I loved it. This uh, was you've the... you a blinder here, Josh. I'm the, not expecting it. The Anspach and Hob Day Sour Dry Hop. It's, uh, it's sour, it's citrusy, it's a little bit sherbety. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's dominated by... Like in, intense citrus, it's almost got like a um, lemon thyme kind of character to it as well. Nice kind of hoppy, dry finish as well. But no, really, really good beer. Yeah, yeah. very nice. Um, and likewise on the wine. Uh, yeah, really enjoyed that. Uh, I am aware of this great variety because I mean, <laughs> they don't sell it in the Sainsbury's local that I'm used to. No, but uh, they do. Uh, I, I've had it on holiday once, so I yeah. I mean, it's it. a favourite grape variety of mine, and we've had it together before. Uh huh. Oh, we yeah. had it just last week when we went out for dinner. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we did. Um, yeah, and this one's a, a bit different. It tastes different to that. It's um, more fruity, less tanningy. Uh, yeah, well, it just goes to show that wine is all about provenance and place rather than just grape variety. So if you have a grape variety written on a label, 
half the time it doesn't mean anything. Where the wine is from means more than the great variety. Both will get you boozed, though. Y- yes. They'll both get you equally boozed. Um, well, this this less so than a Barbaresco because it's less alcohol. Okay, so this one actually gets you slightly less booze, but it yeah. is nice. Um, yeah, so I've really enjoyed that. And uh, as always, I've been championing the beer. Sean's been championing the wine. The point is to kind of get our drinks across to the other one more so than their own. Um, so, Sean, where do you stand? What's been your favourite drink of the night? It's a tough one this week because I really like both. Um, I think the beer is great. It's interesting. Um it's got great flavor to it um the wine's great it's easy to drink it's light it's pretty delicate um it's from a great little wine shop in um in east london called um passion vino um on leonard street um and they, they they fit the bit of what exactly what i was looking for um for, for today something light delicate easy drinking and that's exactly what it is um so that's really really good um my only criticism with the beer is that after a after a bit, it gets to be a bit of hard work. Would you agree? I think it's um, a bottle. Uh, to be honest, I the amount we've had, I think is absolutely fine. Mm. I wouldn't want to go far beyond it. Exactly, and that's with the wine. I could, you know, I could, like, I'm I'm just about ready to call it a, a day with the beer. Whereas with the wine, I could quite happily pour myself another glass. But does that mean something's not more special? Um, not necessarily because you can't drink more of it, but is this about what you're going to drink after, or is this about what you've enjoyed in the podcast? I think I, I think we came up with the with the defining um, moment and, and kind of winner being what are we going to pour ourselves another glass of? Okay, yeah, well that's fine. Um, well, I've got I've got to say from my end that I'm I'm sticking with the beer. I thought it was a, a very special thing. I like that it ties in with my Victorian beer cells because it is a Victorian beer recipe re uh, redesigned, and uh, I yeah I'm really on board with it. So I'm just I'm sticking with my beer on this one. I yeah I mean I love a sour beer. I'm a huge fan of a lambic. Um, remember once we went out for lunch and we had a cheese board? I know I, I ordered this. A <laughs> this isn't of how sour. I know, but just because this. This isn't how I live, people. I'm the one who doesn't do these things. It's only when I go remember? out with Sean that I do things like this. It's not how I normally operate. Yeah. Just, anyway. I'm just asterisking that. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, I think just on the fact of kind of the fact that what I'm going to pour myself next is another glass of wine rather than top up my beer. I think I'm going to stick with the wine. And that's absolutely fine. There we are. Um, so, yeah, if you want to find out more about uh, the drinks we've been having today, they will be in the description. Well, that was great, wasn't it? We've just both ended up preferring the, what, the drink we came in with. And that, and that, that, that can happen. That can happen. Um, often, though, uh, on these podcasts, it is the case that we neither of us have actually tried the drink before we open it up on the, on the podcast. We just pick things that look good. Um, or sound nice. Um, yeah, well, I hadn't tried this before. It was a um, actually, it was a complete dis- uh, discovery for me um, of this little particular region and Nebbiolo from this from this region. So it's quite interesting to try something different. Um, never tried the beer before as well. No, um, neither. Um, so yeah, we both. So where, where did you get the beer from? Uh, so the beer was from uh, a beer and wine shop uh, in Greenwich called Theatre of Wine. I hate the shop. I hate the pretentious classical music they play in it. They do have a good beer selection, so oh, okay. I'm happy to 
happy to have their custom. <laughs> and if they do want to sponsor this podcast and give us, <laughs> and give us free... Uh, if, if they do want to sponsor the podcast, then you're going to change your mind on the, on the music selection quite rapidly. <laughs> Li- literally what uh, sponsorship is about. In a heartbeat. Um, but yeah, my point is, we sometimes we, uh, we've never tasted the drinks before we actually bring them to the table, so often we do pick the other one's drink. It's happened quite a lot, actually, over the past, um, past few weeks. Yeah, it has. So, uh, yeah, uh, well, glad you like the drink, uh, and we'll be back again the same time next week. I mean, week. don't get me wrong, I like, I like both. Yeah. Uh, but it's just the wine is... I'm actually pouring myself another glass right now. Sure. Um, so, uh, that has been uh, Whining for today. Hope you've enjoyed it. Don't forget to subscribe and download our previous episodes if you haven't already. If not, we'll see you again next week. Don't touch that dial, folks. There is no dial. Goodbye. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads.